Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, and Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how federal officials are asking political campaigns to return FTX funding, as our friend Mark Yusko doubles down on his take that Sam Bankman-Fried and Caroline are useful idiots called upon to bring forth crypto regulation. Central banks are setting the standards around cryptocurrency exposure, announcing up to 2% portfolio allocation by 2025. Binance is acquiring another exchange service north of $1 billion, as Elon Musk may be stepping down as the CEO of Twitter. Charles Hoskinson responded to our Twitter this weekend after sending a strong message to the XRP community. We debate his claims of XRP providing no partnership or technical value, showing our community why 2025 will be a multi-blockchain world. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto Twitter, Crypto Twitter was in full effect this weekend. We're going to dive into it today. But before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thank you for being here. I just want to say no comment. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just kidding. We're gonna the inside talking. joke or something? Just yeah, exactly. People will figure it out in a minute. So, first of all, I just want to say good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. We love you guys, we appreciate you. Uh, this weekend was on fire, abs lit the whole damn Twitter space up. It's been great. Can't wait to hop into it. Abs, you really got you really lit a fire, but uh you know, great to see you guys, Gonzo. Always with the hair and Andrew Cashflow. Great to see you guys. So good morning. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun show. I'm looking forward Cash to Cashflow King. I hope you're making more sense than Johnny Crypto this morning. Not sure if he was speaking English, but we're gonna dive into some really great stuff today. We got some interesting news about Elon Musk possibly stepping down as the CEO of Twitter, but also David Schwartz took the time to respond to Charles Hodgkinson after claiming XRP has no technical value. Before we get into that, thanks for being here, Andrew. How are you feeling? Yeah, actually, it's going very well. Very cold in the Netherlands, ice skating all over the place. And uh, however, the, it, it's uh, uh, temperatures are already rising. Uh, always looking at Bitcoin, it makes me happy that it's going down. And uh, so, uh, you know, everything is fine here. So, uh, looking forward to a great show. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Andrew. And we got the Ethereum expert in the building this morning, Super G. <laughs> How you feeling? It's Monday. I'm ready to rock and roll. How you doing, my friend? I'm feeling good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you spending time with us. Um, you know, it was a great weekend. Um, shout out to Waters Above. Uh, I uh, got a chance to, uh, on Saturday, be in his live and just kind of listening. And that's where he rolled out. Uh, he did a uh, Gamatria breakdown of the World Cup because people were asking. So he did a breakdown of France and then of Argentina. And what came up with the France breakdown without getting – two into it was the number 15, which is how we predicted the Super Bowl winner, right? 15 tiger. That's been very negative all year. So I had told the guys like, Hey, you know, waters kind of broke it down and it looks like Argentina is going to win. And so it was a uh, pretty cool watching that uh, play out. Uh, I mean, the boys were like on the text thread while it was going on. So uh, yeah, that, that was pretty cool to see that come to fruition. Awesome guys. Very cool. Gonzo. And we're going to start the show off the same way we always do by showing you our good morning crypto Twitter account. 
That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is sitting in moderate fear at a 29 this morning. And when you look at the daily movers, it's a red day overall. XDC is one of the only tokens up over 10% on the day. When we check out the total coin market cap, we're sitting at $806 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is 16,700. Ethereum is 1,200. XRP is 34 cents. Cardano is 26 cents. Solana is $12. Kronos is 5 cents. Algorand, which was supposed to be pumping during this FIFA World Cup, has been in nothing but a downturn, Johnny Crypto, at 18 cents. And we got uh, Quant Network sitting at 109. So before we dive into our news for today, Johnny, any projects that you're keeping an eye on and how are you operating right now? Yeah, you know, there's a few that I definitely am trying to continue to accumulate right now. I mean, I talk about it all the time on this show. I'm looking at File. I'm looking at Flow. I'm looking at DYDX. So those are those are three uh, of the of the funny. Obviously, Quant, but Quant's too high for my liking right now. But yeah, so those are the ones that I'm continuing to look at, continue to DCA because I just didn't have a lot of those going into it uh, in the last uh, bull market. And now that we're in a bear market, that's the time to buy, baby. So I'm just going to continue to DCA a little bit here, a little bit there. I still think, you know, I always thought we'd be. We'd hit bottom sometime in December. Here we are in December. We're pretty damn close to a bottom. Uh, but who knows what next year is going to bring. So, again, you just have to continue to never put your whole entire bag of powder in at one shot. Even if you think you're at the bottom, you still don't want to do that. At least not me. That's my strategy. Thank you so much, Johnny Crypto. And we got 229 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Before we dive into that XRP news for today, Andrew Cashflow and Gonzo, I got to get some thoughts from you here. As Elon Musk put out a poll this weekend stating, should I step down as the head of Twitter? I'm going to abide by the results of this poll. Well, 57% of people voted yes. This could be very interesting. And Johnny had some interesting comments before the show about this. But Andrew, I'd love to hear from you first. What do you think Elon's doing here? Um, he, he has probably lined up already a new CEO, and um, and if not, you know, actually it doesn't matter. You know, he gets attention on his platform, and it's it, it's it's public relations for him. He is telling, look how good I am and what what I'm all doing. And actually, yeah, I like I like him a little bit, uh, Elon, and uh, what he's doing. Do I agree with everything he's doing? No. Is it is it wise what he's doing? I don't know, but I just like it and. Uh, you know, and if he is not the CEO anymore, what do you think what his influence will be on uh, on Twitter? The exactly, same. Andrew. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Gonzo, do you have any closing remarks before we dive into our XRP news for today? Um, no, just probably more about the market. Like, you know, what I'm looking at is, uh, you know, if Bitcoin can get above 16.8 and hold it, then, uh, you know, we're coming down. Um, you can see that um, Filecoin, over the weekend, uh, had a 30% hit, uh, flow, mana. Um, and I think that's because of what's going on with DCG, right? That they're in financial straits. Um, they're uh, big holders of those uh, crypto assets. So the rumor is, is that um, they were selling off to uh, get some liquidity. So that hasn't been proven yet, but you know, something to, to pay attention to if you are dollar cost averaging into those um, assets, that they might come lower. Johnny mentioned DYDX. Um, I'm waiting on that because there's going to be a huge unlock that happens on January 23rd uh, of uh, 2023. So we'll see how that plays out and see if DYDX doesn't get down to some lower lows, like maybe a dollar twenty-five or something like that. Thank you so much, Gonzo. And Johnny Crypto, check this news out. As Binance US agrees to buy Voyager's assets for just over $1 billion. And this is interesting news because it reminds me of the FTX situation we saw earlier this summer 
I remember when Sam Bankman Freed was being promoted as the savior of this industry and rescuing all these different exchanges after the UST collapse. Well, Binance is doing something similar here after the FTX collapse. They're now purchasing Voyager. Johnny, before we dive into our news for today, and I know I've said that three times, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this article. You know, this is a very interesting article to me now because if you saw, uh, oh no, you weren't here, Abs. On Friday, I think we played a video that the CNN and and everybody was going after CZ. They were drilling him. And um, I wish I had the article played again. They were going after him about talking about, if somebody came to you right now with $2 billion, you know, could you pay them off? And, and, you know, he didn't answer the question, but he said we are financially sound. But because he didn't answer the question, it got people wondering, do they really have the money? Are they really uh, solvent? Do they have, you know, one-to-one backing? And who knows, right? But the fact now that he's saying he would come out and buy this for a billion dollars kind of tells me maybe he was uh, telling the truth. I do, I do believe finance is in a much better shape then, you know, FTX was a scam from day one. Now, we all know that now. Nobody knew it back then. Yeah. I don't think Binance was set up to be that. I think Binance was truly set up to be a real legit, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, operating uh, exchange. And so it sounds to me they're doing the things the right way. And a lot of people are bashing them. There's a lot of fun around them. Everybody's scared. Everybody's bailing on them. But frankly, to be honest with you, I'm not that worried about them. I think the reason why this is happening is I think a couple – I think I think I think he pissed off some people, and now the other side. You know, I've been saying this from day one. There's a battle between Coinbase and and Binance. You see it happening right now, and we know who backs Coinbase, and we know who isn't backing Binance. So I think that's what you're seeing: a lot of fud being put out there to to destroy them. I'm not so sure they're in as bad of a condition as people want you to think they are. And that's actually good to hear, Johnny Crypto. We got 257 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Happy Monday, everyone out there. We're going to bring the positive vibes, but Andrew Cashflow, love to get some thoughts on this article. And then we're going to dive into some XRP news as Charles Hoskins was once again critical on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, Binance, you know, for me, as a non-US citizen, it's just a convenient exchange. They have almost all the coins. I can buy them all. So what? What's my strategy? I don't care about the news. What's my strategy? I'll leave about 20% on the, on the exchange of my coins and all the rest goes in, uh, in, in my wallets. And that, that, that's what it is. And also, same applies for, for Coinbase. I also have assets on Coinbase. Um, you know, and for me, Coinbase and, 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 and Binance are, are, are the, for me, the most important ones. All the others, I, I don't know. Uh, but, but I do not take any risks. And um, about yeah, do do they are they legit? Are they uh, do they have everything? Can they can they withstand a, a, a larger withdrawal of coins? I don't know. And that that's why I say don't take any risks for anybody at this moment. It's time to take your coins off of the of the centralized exchanges. Anyway, that's a good uh, a good habit to do. Yeah, I think that. Um with Binance, you know, trying to buy the Voyager, I just, I think that was the plan all along before SBF got in the middle of all of it. I think that's what he was trying to do. You know, there's a lot of FUD right now surrounding Binance, right? Like when you hear mainstream media, they talk about BNB and they correlate it to FTT, but um, I don't think it's the same thing, right? Um, BNB, while it is Binance's cryptocurrency that they created, it also used on the Binance smart chain, right? Which is a copy of Ethereum basically. So it has more use case. And the real question isn't whether they created their own token. It's whether they use that token as collateral, uh, which is what um, 
FTX did, right? And like Johnny said, um, FTX is playing out. So the whole purpose of it was a scam, right? The whole point of it was to defraud people of their assets. And that's a lot different than what Binance. Not to mention CZ's been in the space the longest, right? He's seen these bear markets and he's been able to make his decisions, his business decisions based on that. This isn't his first bear market. So I feel like he's been in the space in 2013 and he's gone through these. He's gone through all these different events. And I, and I feel like he's set up the company to kind of um, withstand these bear markets that we usually get. Like FTX was a brand new entity, right? Some of these exchanges, Kraken's another one, right? They've been through bear markets before and they've been tested. Thank you, Gonzo. And everybody knows that Gary Gensler has been saying 2023 is going to be the year of crypto regulation. Well, Brad Garlinghouse made some bold statements about the Ripple versus XRP lawsuit. And this is what's important to understand right now. The voices are getting extremely loud around the Ripple versus SEC narrative, whether it's the mainstream media with Jim Cramer. We had Michael Saylor addressing it on Patrick Bet David's podcast. And Charles Hodgkins has been on a media campaign on Twitter Nearly every day, he's he's going at it with the XRP community, criticizing the blockchain and criticizing many of the most important community members. We're going to start off our XRP content with this short video of Brad Garlinghouse talking about exactly what's going to be necessary for the SEC and Ripple to settle. The question is, how long does a federal judge take to make a decision on this case? You know, it could be two months. It could be six months. We don't know. You know, my best guess is certainly the first half of next year, there'll be closure here. And this is a, a truly pivotal case for the crypto industry in the United States. The United States is still the largest economy. I think we all in the crypto industry should care how this goes. But uh, you know, this really is the SEC trying to say this is all us. Gary Gensler has said he views nearly all crypto as securities. But frankly, you know, he hasn't gone after a Coinbase. If he thinks all secure, all crypto securities, well, that means Coinbase is trading unregistered securities. They're publicly registered SEC regulated company, but he hasn't done that. So and what does he actually believe? Great question, Brad Garlinghouse. Gonzo, I'm going to let you answer. What do you think that Gary Gensler is doing here? And then we're going to kick it right to Johnny Crypto. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, dude, anytime we talk about like Gary Gensler, right? Like, I mean, it's just such a joke, right? Like he, he was put in that position. He's supposed to be protecting us. But he's meeting with like FTX, and I hate to go back to FTX, but meeting multiple times. I think it's going to come out that in the future that what they were trying to do is give the SEC more power while FTX was going to monopolize um, the exchange industry, right, through a federal bit license. Um, and he hasn't done anything um, to protect us, right? As far as the lawsuit, um, you know, we don't even have to like win. I think they're going to win, right? But there are still favorable decisions that can play out where as investors in XRP, we still win, right? Like they could come out and they can lose and say that it was deemed a security when it rolled out, but future sales of XRP are not a security, right? That's still a win for us, right? And so whether they win, which I think they're going to do, or they lose and pay a fine and then future sales are not a security, we still win and and, the, and we're going to get that resolved. And I think we're going to get that resolved um, next year. I, I think it'll probably be in the spring. Thanks, Gonzo. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We got some really interesting responses from from Charles Hotskin this weekend and the live chat is talking about it already. We're yet to get into it. So I want to stay focused on this Brad Garlinghouse news. He said Gary Gensler is, uh, is indirectly stating that Coinbase is selling unregistered securities if they believe that many of the crypto assets today are unregistered securities. So when Gary Gensler says he's going to go after crypto exchanges, 
We could see a tyrant in the industry. We could see him attack every single exchange operating in the United States. And I'd love to hear what you're anticipating. He's 100% spot on. He's right. Gary does think, Gary has actually come out. I think you guys have all seen it. And he's come out and said that he believes the majority of these things are secured. There's no secret there. He said it. He said it in MIT. MIT uh, and when he was in college at MIT, I heard a video of him saying it. And I heard him say here. I knew when he came in, I knew he was going to be bad for crypto because he kept saying it in college that most of these things were were securities. So I don't know why anybody's surprised. I think everybody thought he was going to be good for crypto because he taught crypto. No, that doesn't mean shit. Just because he taught it doesn't mean he doesn't believe it's security. He's been saying it in college. Go watch his videos. You'll hear him a couple of times. Now, once in a while, he will say, oh, yeah, it's a currency. But I don't think he meant currency in that form. I think he meant it more in a cryptocurrency perspective. And people turn those words around. But Brad's right. If he thinks everything's a security, then why is he going after the exchanges? They're the ones selling it. You could knock out all the securities in one blow by going after an exchange as opposed to trying to go after each individual one, which makes zero sense. So, no, there's a bigger agenda here, in my opinion, but we're not going to know what it is. Very interesting. Uh, Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. The mute button got you, my friend. Just a heads up. Shall I tell you what the bigger agenda is? What is needed? CDBC needs to be accepted. Actually, better is that people want CDBC. So when our people are willing to say, okay, and now I want CDBCs. So what will be the story? Um, the central banks will say, we put so much money in the economy to give everybody the possibility to, uh, to, to buy their stuff. And what they, they do? They buy assets, they buy crypto, all kinds of stuff. And we get the whole boom and we get all... all all is blown up so uh they, they will say it's uh yeah we, we need something that we can regulate it so that if we do un universal basic income for example you are only allowed to buy gas for your car and to buy food in the groceries and you're not allowed to uh to to buy anything else anymore so and when and when will that happen that will happen at the moment of maximum pain and when is the maximum pain there when nobody is able to buy food anymore, when houses are unaffordable, when, when all the crypto exchanges collapse, uh, when the stock market collapses, everything should collapse. And that is build back better. That is also the, the world economic. Yeah, the, the, the world economic. Now keep going, Andrew, sorry. So, you know, this, this is the narrative. And that's, they need time. They just need time to, 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 to come to the point of maximum pain because when maximum pain is there then the people will say uh government help me problem reaction solution you know perfect I, Andrew. exactly and we've got 331 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button gary gensler is in the live chat and he's telling us to watch out crypto but this is an interesting update gonzo i'm coming right back to you on this article the BIS disclosed in September the results of its multi-jurisdictional central bank digital currency pilot. They transacted $22 million worth of dollars in cross-border transactions. And I think that's exactly what Andrew was just hinting at. The pilot program involves central banks in Hong Kong, Thailand, China, and the United Arab Emirates, as well as 20 commercial banks from all those regions. Also, the BIS has found, according to June that 90% of central banks are considering the adoption of a central bank digital currency. And that's exactly what Andrew was just hinting at there. Decentralized bad, centralized good. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Gonzo. 
Yeah, like if you see some of the papers that the BIS has written, you know, uh, a few years ago, it was all that cryptocurrency is a scam, it's all bad. Then all of a sudden there was that transition, right? Where like Johnny always says that cryptocurrency bad, CBDC good, right? And so when you look at the macro of the whole thing, you could see where they're going with this, right? With the collapse of FTX, they're going to come in and try to regulate crypto really hard. And then like what um, Andrew was saying is to roll out a CBDC, right? That is that is the goal. That has been the goal since the beginning. And everything that we see play out is going to be to further that goal. Johnny, did you have any quick comments on central bank digital currencies? Everybody saw that you just held up that sign. CBDC, or sorry, what, what was your sign? Crypto bad, CBDC good. This is the mainstream narrative. We're watching it play out right before our eyes. And one more thing I want to add. 90% of central banks are considering the adoption of central bank digital currencies, Johnny Crypto. That's something the BIS is admitting today. In 2025, central banks are going to be able to hold up to 2% of their total portfolio allocation in cryptocurrency. So that pretty much speaks for itself. What are you watching, Johnny? Think about this. If you want to get, right, we all know the agenda is this. If you want to get here, you can't do it if this is good. Because everybody's here, nobody's going to go here. But if this is bad, then guess what? This is how you get there. I mean, we've been saying on this show forever. That's going to be the narrative. That's what you're going to hear over and over again. But to make it, to prove to people that crypto is bad, you have to have it blow up. It's got to feel like a scam. It's got to be used for nefarious activities that cash aren't used for. Like they're going to create this whole amount of FUD around it. And they're going to, they're going to create scenarios and, and let them blow up like FTX, a complete scam from day one. There was no real, this was designed to take down crypto. Now crypto was so strong. I think they realized like, damn, we're going to need something even bigger. And that's what worries me. And that's where your big black swan is going to come somewhere. Because apparently while crypto has been beaten, it isn't down and out. I mean, people are still in it. People are still investing. I did a poll the other day and 60% of people right now in the market we're in today said they are DCA it in. They are not out. Only 5%. 5% said they got out. They're gone. So they scared away 5% of the people after the whole Luna crash and three years. Johnny, crash. I just want to point out your users may be biased. Your name is Johnny Crypto. So most of the people who are following your account are going to be incentivized to purchase cryptocurrency. I think a lot more than 5% of the market's been scared out. I would even make the, I would actually argue that over 50% of the people who were in this market just 18 months ago are not in this market anymore. And if they are, they aren't actively participating. They're just holding what they already had lost. Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for crypto Twitter, right? Because that's that's what I have access to. And so from that group of people, you know, and, and I don't know what size that that group represents, but that group of people aren't going anywhere. And I would suspect, I would, I would make us, I would disagree with you 50%. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's anywhere near that high. It's probably more closer to 10 or 20% that are probably, you know, completely gone, considering that, yes, there is probably some truth that crypto Twitter is more biased. So, all right, I'll give it a 4X bias. I'll say probably 20% are gone. That's still 8% that are in. And we're at the beginning of something that nobody understands yet. Go talk to your friends about crypto. Go ahead. Go try it. Scout These are my friends. These are my <laughs> friends. I'm not talking about this group of friends. This is the bias group. Go talk to your non-crypto friends and see how much they know about crypto and if they're ready to come in yet. There ain't no way they're coming in right now because the narrative is too scary. Well, I mean, all you had to do is watch the hearings, right? I watched the hearings. And I think it was Senator, we talked about this morning, I think it was Senator Loomis that had to like, check everybody and say that, you know, everything turned into this thing against uh, crypto assets, right? And they weren't there for that. They were there for the FTX collapse and to talk about 
SBF and what FTX was doing. And what it turned into is just a bashing of crypto assets. And so it was good that she came out and reminded people that um, it was FTX that was on trial, not digital assets, right? And there were a few, I would say a handful that were pro digital assets, but most of them were totally uneducated and it was a total shit show. And this is a really interesting narrative we're watching play out before us as Mark Yusko commented something very similar to what Johnny Crypto said. This FTX collapse, they were working with the governments, they were working with central banks, and this was never actually a business to begin with. And Mark Yusko hints at that. We got 371 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You're starting your week off right with Good Morning Crypto. Johnny, we're coming right to you. Which turns out there was no trading enterprise. So what I am willing to believe is that these two are useful idiots. Right. They are just pawns in a very large, very elaborate system that was designed, one, to do money laundering, and there's clear evidence of of money laundering. Two, uh, that perhaps there was intent. Again, uh, this is a supposition, not an accusation. Uh, I'm just trying to put the pieces together. It is certainly possible that... uh, there was an intent by someone or someones to have this be an example. I just want to break this down. I know we didn't finish the statement yet. An attempt by someone or someones to make this an example to roll out regulation. Now, before I play the rest of this clip, who would be incentivized to bring in regulation? We'll let this thing play. Set so that yeah. regulators could come in and punish the industry. I, I guess earlier today, right before we got on, on air, uh, someone tweeted that a senator asked a congressional hearing whether there should be a pause in crypto until America, until the U.S. regulators can regulate it. Well, I mean, can what is going on here, Johnny Crypto? What are these people talking about? I'm going to give you the open floor and then I'll put in my own comments. First of all, this is why I love the great one. He's not afraid to come out and tell you what he's thinking. He literally just told you what we just said, that FTX was set up literally as a scam. To bring it down all for this. I'm going to be using this a lot. I'm going to have to kind of build in landscape mode. But anyway, this is this is what's going on here, guys. It's that simple. It's that simple. You know, Andrew said it earlier, and this is what we've been telling you all year on this show. This is the narrative you're going to hear. They're going to beat the hell out of crypto. They're going to beat it down because they have to force feed you a CBDC, and they need you walking away thinking that CBDCs are the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, you're going to get there. My friends are already saying it. Some of my buddies are already saying it because they, they hear it a little bit on TV and that, oh, yeah, crypto's bad, you know. So it's already they already got that part of the narrative. Now, the second part of the program will come a little later when they come with the solution, problem reaction solution. But Yusko's spot on. He knows what's going on. He just has to be careful what he says. But he knows the whole thing was a scam from day one. They didn't have a trading account. They don't have an accounting department. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. The they use QuickBooks. Yeah, they use quick. Well, there's nothing wrong with using QuickBooks, but the point is, <laughs> but they're ten, ten billion dollar company. Yeah. Not, not for that kind of business. For apps, they had fifty people in the whole entire company, and Kraken has a hundred alone in their security department. That just goes to show you the scale of what we're talking about. That you know, if people did their homework, they would have known FTX was a scam from day one. But so Johnny, really quick, before we kick it to the other guys, I want to know then why do you think they were able to fool so many of the initial investors like Kevin O'Leary, like the politicians who were involved? Do you believe it was a, everybody knew what was going to happen? This was a planned collapse or did they also fool the politicians? What do you believe? No, I, I, I think, I think that you, you know, they paid them. They paid them off. That's what they did. You know, they went to Kevin O'Leary, gave him $15 million. 
You're going to sing like a canary and tell him whatever you want to do for $15 million. He's admitted it now. He's told you, oh, yeah, I got paid $15 million. He keeps saying he lost $15 million. No, you got paid $15 million. No, he got paid fifteen and he lost ten, so he still plus yes. five. Right <laughs> so he made five. So, so I think it was a matter of what they did, Abs, is they did what we like to say in the 80s and 90s. They splashed the cash. They were splashing cash all over the budget and see whoever took it. And whoever wanted it became their voice. There were a lot of people, Abs, go watch the videos. There's two at, at a minimum, I know. But there were many more that said when FBF came knocking on their door, he knocked on a bunch of doors. A lot of them told him right to his face, you're a scam. Get the frick out of my office. And he threw him right out of his office. Okay? But he didn't stop there. He went fishing. He found some fish. He paid them off. And and now you know who, the, who they were. I think it was, you know, obviously Kevin O'Leary was a big one. Tom Brady was another one that went promoting. And I forgot all the other ones. Steph but Curry, yeah. Giselle, there's a huge list. Mar uh, there was a couple right. actors as well. Just all the yes. big names. Think of, really. Splash the cash. Of course they're going to go with it. Dude, FTX was all over the place. It was spread around the world. It was thought to be credible. Do you think as an actor or football player, you got time to go research this shit? Now, if they're going to come and pay you $5, $10 million to speak, you're going to say, okay, thanks for the money. You're going to go speak. And that's what they did. So I'm not surprised. That's how they did it. But I think it goes deeper with Kevin O'Leary, right? Because he's doubled It's different down, with O'Leary because right? people expect I think, him. I, I think he's tied in more than just being a spokesman because he has totally and completely doubled down. And now he's attacking Binance, right? So you start to see his agenda coming out uh, on what he's trying to do. And it's not. I think it's more than the $15 million. I, I think he's involved. Castle, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Johnny and Gonzo both believe that this is a game that we are watching being played. Do you believe they fooled the politicians? Do you believe people just didn't do their research? Or is there a know-with-all behind the scenes that in order to bring in regulation, one of these massive exchanges is going to have to collapse? And we may as well plan it out ourselves. Um, yeah, of, of course, he's paying them all off. And I mean, the, the day before uh, FTX went bankrupt, yeah, they, they he gave all the people in the Bahamas the chance to get off their uh, crypto from the FTX exchange. About 24 hours, it was still open, only for people on the Bahamas. Guess why he did that? Because to save his own ass, he wanted to live in the Bahamas because he knows when he was arrested that, that he will be delivered to uh, to US. So, and that's that's the whole game. Pay a lot of money to a lot of people and they will protect you. That, that was the game, you know? And now, yeah, he was uh, useful. Uh, what, what, what Mark Yusko already said, he's a useful idiot. And yeah, he is, he is, he is now uh, yeah, used for, 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 for the higher game. And, and it's, yeah, you know. The, inter the interesting thing, Andrew, is going to be to see if all those buy, uh, get out of jail free cards that he tried to buy, we'll see if he's going to be able to cash any of them in. We're going to find out. Because I just heard he waived his right to fight extradition. So apparently he's going to be on his way to the U S I guess it doesn't like sitting in that rat infested jail in the Bahamas or wherever. Cause you know, he can't get his vegan meals over here. We're going to treat him like a King. You know, we'll give him his vegan meals. He'll get his pedicures. He'll get TV, a gym food. He'll be living like a King over here in the U S he ain't stupid. He's coming here. The question is, will those get out of jail cards pay, pay for him? We're going to find out probably in the next few months. Very true, Johnny Crypto. And we got 411 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into the news that we've all been talking about today as Charles Hoskinson responded to our Twitter, doubling down on his takes that XRP provides no value, provides no utility or technical value. Let's dive into the details here. So this weekend, Charles put out a video. 
basically stating that he was not going to be attending events where the XRP community was present, regardless of who he was talking about, whether it's Chris Larson, Brad Garlinghouse, or someone like me, we're all grouped into the same category. And he, he claims that we're toxic. So after reading that speech, I said, this speech is similar to stating that I, that he will never go again to a conference where Bitcoin developers are also invited because some holders insulted him on Twitter. This is the wild, wild west with cowardice cowboys. Now, the Johnny Crypto gave me some heat. I should not have used the word cowardice cowboys. I get it. It's more for political banter. I don't know. It's just, just a catchy line, right? But the point was, if Charles isn't willing to debate with people who have contrary opinions, that's cowardice, man. If you're not willing to talk about somebody who disagrees with you and you're going to label them as toxic, well, you might be the toxic one or you may have some flaws in your debate. So Charles actually took the time to respond, which I was very excited about. So thank you for responding, Charles. He said, there's no point in inviting toxicity into your life. It's abusive and pointless. Even in saying it now, there are mocking baby memes. Life is too short. Move on and cut it out. XRP provides no partnership or technical value. The community is toxic and petty, and I can live without it. David Schwartz took the time to respond. And Johnny Crypto, we're coming to you first for these comments. David Schwartz responded this morning, 10 hours ago, and he said, you may want to wait a few days, read this tweet back, and think about whether you're sure that's the combination of things you really want to say. Well, Charles seems to already be regretting his statements, stating no comment. And I know that people in the live chat are immediately going to say, guys, Charles on a 10-day fast. I fast every day. I fast all the time. Johnny Crypto knows that I am the number one advocate of fasting. I guess it makes you more emotional, but it's no excuse to claim and put out false statements on Twitter. So let's dive into this, Johnny Crypto. What do you think about my statement? Are you being critical of me or, or what's the deal? Well, first of all, you obviously got under his skin. <laughs> Listen, I like Charles, all right? But here's the reality. So here's the deal. We're in America. We live in good old USA where you are entitled to your thoughts and feelings. And Charles is entitled to his thoughts and feelings. And you can say whatever the hell you want. And he can do whatever the hell he wants. And the reality is this. I think everybody's giving him a lot of grief here. And they're not putting themselves. I like to do things different. I'm a complete contrarian. So I go opposite of what everybody else thinks, right? So the reality is I put myself in his shoes. If I've been catching shit every time I try to say something good or bad about something. And I keep catching grief. At some point, I'm going to get frustrated. Like, you know what? This is a complete waste of my time. He's out there. He's out. He's trying to create a technology and he's spending half his time arguing with another community that has nothing to do with his technology. And it, you know what? If he wants to decide that he'd rather spend his time developing his technology rather than arguing with people on Twitter, you know what? That's his God given right to do that. I don't got no problem with anything he said here. So while, while you guys all bash, I'm not you personally, but everybody in Twitter and even you today took the article. I think they're wrong. I think the guy is absolutely entitled to do whatever the hell he wants. And if he decides that, you know, he thinks that this group of people is someone that he can't communicate with and he wants to just say no comment and move on. You know what? You're in America. He could do whatever the hell he wants. I got no problem with the comment. No problem at all. If he just wants to continue to say no comment here on forward because he's entitled to do so. I, and I think where people have an issue, Johnny, is where he makes comments like there are no partnerships or technical value or, or whatever it is he said i want bottom to address that this, too just, go ahead you bottom go line is this is that i'm like i'm even surprised that he even because he's the ceo of a blockchain right and and that he even like responded or that we even are able to get to under his skin right well, thank but you bottom Trump. line you know what i'm saying but bottom line is this like in my world in my investment thesis does this change anything right whether charles is beefing with the xrp army if I believe in ADA as a technology and I believe it's the future. It doesn't change my investment thesis, right? I'm still going to invest. And whatever beef he has is whatever beef he has. That's just like 
okay, bank list, right? Uh, Vitalik Buterin was on bank list and he basically said XRP was centralized, which I don't agree with, right? I totally don't agree with that. But am I going to all of a sudden attack Vitalik and then sell all my Ethereum because he thinks that XRP is centralized and it's one of my biggest holdings? Absolutely not. At the end of the day, um, I need to look at the technology, my investment thesis, and how that's going to play out, right? And so most of these beefs that happen, it doesn't change anything for me, right? And, and I don't think it will. Now, it'd be different, like if all of a sudden a certain blockchain was promoting child molesters, then yeah, I might sell out of that project, right? That's different. But what I'm saying, when they're beefing like this on Twitter, it doesn't change my investment thesis, and I'm just going to keep doing what's best for me. Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some comments. Or Johnny, did you have a response? Sorry. Um, I do have a comment. Yeah, I didn't want to address the other thing, but I want to give the floor to Andrew first. If he has a comment, then I'll wrap up. Perfect. Andrew, I'd love you to know, give you the floor. Actually, it's a sad story that CEOs and people from different blockchains are attacking each other. I would say, of course, there is different technologies out there and there will be different use cases for different blockchains. And, you know, and the world is so big. There is so much room to develop for all these kinds of stuff. So I would say, guys, reach out to each other and, and, and at least give each other room to develop and respect each other instead of saying, well, oh, you this and you that. No, I mean, there, we have as, as a community, as, as a crypto world, we have difficulties enough with governments and, and getting it regulated and lawsuits. And so that's my two cents here on this case. You know, Thank you. And, yeah. and Johnny, really quick, because we also got to play the Merlin ad in this episode. I wanted to add my comments here. What I was originally critical of, a lot of people said that Charles was wrong about predicting the end of the lawsuit. That wasn't my criticism. My criticism was he's not willing to speak with people in our community and he's labeling every single person, over 75,000 people, everyone's toxic. Even the most educated people in our space were all toxic. And that's what I had a problem with, just to clarify. Yeah, and I don't think he means everyone. I think he's talking about the people on Twitter that attack him, even when he says good things. But I just want to address this last part before we move on. Where he says right there, if XRP provides no partnership or no technical value, I think people misunderstood what he's saying there. I don't think he means they don't have any partnership or technical value to the community. I think what he means in relation to Cardano, in relation to what he's doing, they don't actually have a physical partnership and working together and therefore it adds no technical value for what he's doing i think he's truly speaking from his perspective and the reality is if they don't have a partnership then again that's another true statement and if that's a true statement of fact you know what you can't bash somebody for stating facts i hate when people bash people for stating a fact just let, let's move on right so but he was willing to he was willing to build a side chain for solana though do you remember that comment Oh, yeah. I, I, right. Yeah. But that, because they had a partnership, right? Maybe they had a partnership. So maybe, they, they maybe like Andrew, he was, he was trying to pull Solana developers into their community is what he was trying to do, but and, they, they and don't they, have the actual side chain. He, he just made comments about it. Yeah. I, listen, I can't speak to what, what partnerships he wants to do or not do. The reality is if he's saying they don't have a partnership and there's no value to him in that, in, in, in moving forward with XRP, then again, that's his choice. He's the CEO of that company. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it, right? What's crazy is he actually spoke, if you talk to Mexi, Mexi's a, a friend of ours, a friend of the channel that had a Twitter spaces that Charles mm -hmm. just jumped on. And I talked to Mexi this morning and she said that he spoke highly of XRP. And that was what, last week we did that Twitter spaces? So I don't know if he's having a bad day or, or what, but on that Twitter spaces, he spoke highly of XRP. 
And then now all of a sudden we had this thing jump off. See what you caused, Abs? I am the best. Hold on, hold on. I just think it's cool that we were on you today and they yeah. were referenced us. So there's going to be other influencers that are referencing the tweet. And I, I just think that's super cool. Johnny Crypto, I've been stating all morning. I am the match that ignited the wildfire, but we got 416 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Obviously, I'm kidding. But Johnny, I know you had some comments there. Somebody said Johnny protects Charles the same way that Kevin O'Leary protects Sam Bankman-Fried. Well, there's one fundamental difference here, people. Kevin got paid to protect Sam Bankman-Fried, and Johnny Crypto, he's a man of his word. That's right. Murder Burr, you are not going to get away with a stupid, retarded comment like that. Sorry, buddy. I am not protecting. All I'm protecting is the freedom of speech. And if you got a problem with freedom of speech, then my friend, guess what? You should, if you're not in America, if you are in America, you should leave America. Because I'm just saying everybody has a right to their own opinion, their own free speech. You got a problem with that? See you later, buddy. Awesome, guys. And Andrew Cashflow, we're about to dive into our next article for today. But Johnny Crypto, I think this is a great time to show our listeners the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency. And since we're talking about XRP, you may as well talk about an exit strategy. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny Crypto, what is the smartest way to track your crypto? And one of the things that we talked about yesterday, with, uh, sorry, I got distracted for one second. One of the things you talked about last week was how XRP's rival XLM is now powering a humanitarian cash distribution to Ukrainian residents. This is pretty interesting because we've always talked about how XRP is built for the banks and Stellar is built for peer-to-peer payments. Love to get some quick comments here and also feel free to address Merlin. Oh, did I freeze? Johnny, floor is yours, my friend. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so we talked about that. Uh, I think it was another show you weren't here, maybe Monday, Thursday or Friday, where the uh, XLM, yeah, where Stellar, Stellar was chosen um, to be able to pass out USDC to the community. Uh, and the question was like, oh, my God, is XRP being you know overwritten? But the reality is we've always known that XLM, and Coach has said this all the time, right, where XLM is going to be the, the money for the people. And XRP would be the money for the banks or, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? So the exchanges. So so to me, you know, this just kind of fits right into that narrative that Coach has always been talking about and what he said. And you're actually seeing it come to fruition here uh, in that in that reality. So, you know, again, I, I they are competitors, right? But we always viewed them as something that they would actually coexist together. And I think that's what we're going to see here is, um, yeah, exactly. Just like Mentelec says here. Um, the reality is you're going to see them serving two different, I think, markets or purposes. Andrew Cashflow, anybody who's been in this market for a while, especially as an XRP holder, knows that whenever XRP moves or XLM, they're sister coins. They call them brother and sister. Whenever XRP moves, coincidentally, Stellar is moving at the same time, and we can pull up and compare the price charts 
What do you think about XLM being used for this humanitarian cause in the Ukraine? Um, I, I, have, I have not so much my thoughts about it. I mean, if, if it is useful, is it ha- if it has an application, if you can help the people there, I would say just use it. And if it is XLM or if it is some something else, I, I, I cannot I cannot judge that. No, um, no, no, no opinion about it. Um, I, I think it um, it's it's the use case for XLM, right? Um, you know, when they need to send money like to the Ukraine to get it to the people that actually need it, it's the fastest way to do that, right? Um, and and it just gets people used to. Um, this new way of, of transferring money, right? They have to download the wallet um, and then they get the XLM, they turn it into USDC on the other end uh, and then that turns into USD and then they don't need to go to a bank or need a debit card. They can go into any Western Union and then they can pull the fiat out. So I think it's just a really good test case um, for what it was built to do. Thank you guys. And we're going to move right past this because I just found a very interesting article in regards to Swift and Ripple is Ripple ready? Swift's latest innovation targets 500 banks in over 120 countries worldwide, while Ripple's ODL now supports 40 payment markets. So this is really interesting news here. Swift unveiled the Swift Go service in July of last year, entering market competition with Ripple in low-value cross-border payments. At the time, only seven global banks had signed up to use uh, the Swift Go service. This number has now grown to over 500 banks in 120 countries worldwide are enabled through this Swift Go platform. And this is going to be really interesting when we dive into the details. I want to figure out what blockchain they're running on before we before we acknowledge whether this could be a legitimate competitor, Johnny Crypto. While I do that, what do you think of this news? You know, don't be surprised. I mean, listen, everybody's going to want a, a piece of the pie, Abs. There's going to be, there's a big, big, big market out there that Swift has today that they own. And there's going to be, you know, everybody's coming for that. We know that XRP was designed for this, um, but in terms of, uh, you know, having some comp- competition, yeah, I truly expect that to happen. And we're going to have to wait to see how this whole thing plays out. But as you see, and as we talked about, Ripple's been out there planting the seeds everywhere. Uh, 40, they're in 40 different markets now, you know, across all the globe, you know, not so much in the U.S. because of the lawsuit. But my suspicion is they're planting the seeds right now in the rest of the of the country in the globe. And then when the U.S., once the settlement comes or lawsuit ends, I should say, I don't know whether it's going to be a settlement or a win, but whatever it's going to be, once that monkey is off of Ripple's back, I think then you'll be able to see them to continue to do exactly what they're doing in the U.S. Now, imagine when they come to U.S. countries or companies and they say, hey, by the way, we're already in 40 different markets. We're, we got a huge head start versus everybody else. Well, who are you going to use? So to me, I'm kind of looking at it where um, – whether it's a competitor or not, I think Ripple has, has, has put their put themselves in a very good position to be part, you know, some kind of coexistence in this market space. Gonzo, we got 369 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. It's Monday morning. We got a little bit of interesting news here. As Swift is creating a competitor. What is going on in the live chat, my friends? We're getting some very interesting comments, but Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I don't know much about it, uh, but like Johnny said, I'd be interested to see on what blockchain, but I, I'm not surprised, right? You know, Swift is the is the one that does everything now, but it's archaic, right? It was built in the 70s. It's just messaging service, doesn't actually send money. And that's what kind of XRP does, right? So, but did we think that, um, you know, it was just going to be XRP as the payment rail? No, right? There's going to be other blockchains that come up 
you're, you're going to have these guys that are part of the legacy financial system that aren't just going to roll over, right? And they're going to do whatever they can to stay competitive. So I don't know enough about their product, but I'm not surprised, right? We knew that they had to upgrade somehow. So this is just a version of that. Shout out to Mexi. Uh, it looks like she's in the, in the, in the group chat. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have Mexi on. Shout out to Mexi and Andrew Cashflow. I want to get some thoughts from you as well. We had an interesting tweet from Kevin uh, Kevin Cage, actually, not Kevin O'Leary, stating that Swift currently has a 6% failure rate on the financial messaging for payments. Now, this immediately made me think of the article we brought up earlier in the episode. As central banks are setting the standards on banks' cryptocurrency exposure, the new standard limits crypto reserves among banks to 2% by 2025. And everybody knows who watches this channel what happens on March 10th, 2025, ISO compliance standards are going to be rolled out worldwide. And coincidentally, the banks are going to be ready to hold crypto. So Andrew, with that being said, what does that mean to you? Let's, you know, let's have a party. I mean, this, this is good news. We're going to Johnny Blake house. Yeah, this is, this is 2%. Do you know how much money that is? 2% of, of, of the money in, in, in all those banks. That's an enormous amount of money. Do you know how much money will flow in? Into, 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 into the crypto world. And maybe you think, uh, 2% is not so much. I was also thinking that when I read this article uh, the first time, I thought, uh, well, this 2%. But, but still, it's the first step. And when you take the first hurdle, the, the next one come, and the next one come, and it, and it will grow and grow and grow. So actually, I'm, I don't know how you or the other guys are, are, are uh, thinking about it, but I think this is positive news. Johnny, I got to get your opinion here. 2% portfolio allocation could be in cryptocurrency by 2025. It says up to 2%, but I remember we did the math earlier this summer. We were testing my memory here, but I believe 1% of portfolio allocation would take the cryptocurrency market to $9 trillion. That means this would be $18 trillion if we got the full 2%. I'm not anticipating that happening, but it's an interesting narrative. What does it mean to you, my friend? Well, what it means is that it's beyond, it doesn't percentage don't matter. What's important here? is that we know this is like the king giving the blessing to the people, right? Because the central banks are the kings. They run everything, okay? That's just how the world works. And the central banks are actually, you know, whether it's 1%, 2%, it doesn't matter. The message and the blessing that you can have it is what's important here, okay? That's what's important. It just literally gave validation to the entire crypto market that it's here to stay because it's allowing you know two percent of it so that to me is more important than the actual value in terms of the value i don't know how much the central banks have on the books i don't know what the total you know what, what that percentage is but if it's 18 trillion that's freaking that's just that's huge humongous considering where we are today that's an 18x from where we are it's actually more like a 20x right now from where we are today huge huge upside potential but the Johnny, real message is the blessing People often ask, what's going to be the catalyst for our next bull run? If we do get this adoption in 2025, where's all the money going to come from? This could be the answer to that question. Could be $18 trillion in value flooding into this market. But Gonzo, I know you had some quick comments. We got 376 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, very happy to have you here. But Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, somebody had asked. I don't know if you can pull up the uh, question about like other horses, right? Uh, as far as like when we're talking about like our investment thesis and you should always be diversified, right? Uh, because while we think that Ripple is going to win the case, we don't know, right? We, we could see something, Jeremy Hogan did a very good job of like kind of breaking down possible results. And one of them is 
is that uh, one of the questions about investment contracts and the key is the definition of an investment contract, right? That's what we think that the, the case is going to pivot on. The judge, Judge Torres, can decide, hey, this is too big of a decision to make and could rule that they lose knowing that they're going to kick it to the appellate court and let the appellate court decide on that definition. And then they end up winning in the appeal, right? Just imagine what that would do to the price. And so you should diversify, right? And so there are other payment rails, right? That's why we talk about XLM. XLM is peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Some people like Bitcoin, some people like Ethereum, right? It just depends on what niche you're looking at. Like we think that's file storage. As they create um, metaverse, they're gonna need a lot of decentralized data storage. So that's why we look at store or Filecoin. I like Arweave, right? Render is another one because that's a lot of computing power that they're gonna need for the metaverse. Um, you got your layer ones or your layer twos, right? They're gonna need to scale Ethereum. There's tons of those. So you really need to kind of do your own research and then figure out which of these niches kind of speaks to you and then do your research. And then that's what we mean about having multiple horses in the race, right? Not all of my investments are tied up in XRP. That is a large portion of my uh, portfolio. But I also have other um, other assets that um, that I'm invested in. It's always good to diversify. I don't know how the group feels about it, but you guys can speak on it. One of the points that I would like to make is that I only double down. So you say diversify, right? That doesn't mean I look at this market and I go, oh, I don't understand these tokens. I may as well purchase every single one in the top 20. No, what I do is I study the tokens and I double down on what I know and then diversify from that standpoint. So, for example, I went in and I studied banking. That led me to XRP. That led me to XLM. That led me to the ISO protocols. From there, I was able to make some investment decisions. It's not as simple as just, hey, look, at there's 20 assets in the top 10. I want to diversify. Let's put $5 in each. And of course, that's not where you were saying, Gonzo. I just wanted to make that point. Uh, Andrew Castle, did you have any other comments, sir? Um, let's say uh, two to five hundred dollars. Exactly. Two to five hundred dollars, my friend. And this is a great time to plug this, guys. If you're looking to learn more about the cryptocurrency market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to every single one of us. And it's the things like Gonzo just mentioned, those unique projects that we're not going to be able to dive into on the show. You get access to that within the academy as well as with Coach JV and Andrew Cashflow. He's also got a great investment course, or not investment course, but uh, technical analysis course. Andrew, maybe you can speak to that in the in today's episode. Yeah, we, uh, there is an, an excellent course. It's called the, 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 the Advanced Investor Course. However, don't be scared about the word advanced. We, we teach you in the academy exactly how to get started with crypto, but not only with crypto, also with stocks. And we teach you there a strategy how you can, uh, even before you go into a crypto or a stock, that you also already know where to get out. Now, I think that's a unique strategy because everybody is telling you, oh, you have to go in and this and you have to go there and that. And nobody is telling you where to go out. Now, and there we need, we, we, we teach you exactly where to get in, when, when, to, when to get in more and when it goes down. But also we, what we do, we teach to buy on the, on the way down and we sell on the way up. And that's exactly how you need to do it because from hindsight, it is very easy to say, oh, I should have bought there and I should have sold there. Nobody can predict it. But if you have a system, you can eliminate your emotions and then you make money all the time. Maybe you have to be patient because we are currently in a crypto winter, but the, 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 the profits will come and, uh, you know, 
and actually if you if you see the system it's easy to do yes andrew and you know what the best part about crypto winter is we're going to be here for the entire ride all the way up until 2025. And we got 350 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Super G Gonzo himself. This is an amazing show because we're showing you what crypto can be explained in one picture. So we're going to end it with this amazing graphic. Like we always say, Warriors, ah, get shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's, Let's go. go.